Hey there, One Pride Nation. This is Zach. And Brendan. And we are Lions Basement Banter. No, I, I legit, legacy, yes, but that's in line with nepotism. I think looking at your draft, and I'm not going to give it away, but I think you made two nepotism picks. I think you made picks based on who their that is true. parents were. That is true. Not no, 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 I didn't. I, I didn't. I got my reasons. I'm going to completely throw this out there. I have no knowledge on him whatsoever. I didn't either, to be honest, because we're okay. getting into that range of players where you're probably not going to know them Until as well. Until you pick the guy that I pick next. <laughs> I uh, I know his all dad. It doesn't mean is, I know him either. All I'm going to say is anti-chill. Welcome back to another episode of Lions Basement Banter Podcast. Um, first and foremost, I need to start with some cleanup. And Brendan, it happened. I was finally wrong. That happens more often than you think it does. I think that was the first and last time ever. No, you screwed up. Just admit it. Right. <laughs> so what happened was um, we were talking about Fields and how he played with JMO and gave him his flowers, I guess. And um, I had mentioned that Fields transferred from Alabama and knew JMO from there. But Fields started in Georgia, transferred to Ohio State. JMO was at Ohio State and then transferred to Alabama. That shows you how much I care about fields, I guess. So <laughs> there's that. Um, today we are going to be doing our mock draft ones. Um, these have been done pre-combine. Uh, we're in the middle of the combine literally as we do this. You were watching it as we were pulling up to the mics here. I was. Um, yeah. Our second one will be, our second draft will be, um, I guess, more based on the combine. So there's going to be some hypotheticals here. There's going to be some things based on what we've, seen and heard um but we'll have a much better idea after this mock or for the next mock i guess so all right uh so i guess let's get right into state of the lions state of the lions is brought to you by busy bees embroidery and crafts high quality embroidery stitched with love are you looking for high quality custom embroidery services Maybe you want to look professional with your business logo on a polo shirt or a personal gift for a loved one on birthdays, holidays, or even a just because occasion. Blankets, clothing, stuffed animals, and more, all personalized with names, logos, etc., etc. The best thing about Busy Bees, they customize Lions gear for your game day needs, and they are locally located in Michigan, but also shipped to anywhere in the lower 48. So if you're looking for something personalized with love, Look no further than Busy Bees Embroidery and Crafts. That's B-I-Z-Z-Y. Busy Bees Embroidery and Crafts. Find them on Facebook today. Um, State of the Lions. Uh, we're going to talk about cap space. Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes talked ahead of the Combine on Tuesday. Uh, and we might as well just get right into it, I guess. Yep. All right. Uh, cap space uh, is increased by 30.6 mil this year from 224.8 to 255.4. Yeah, uh, I looks like that leaves Lions at about 55 mil in cap space, if I got that correct. So. Yep. And I think that also includes the the um, 
contract of Tracy Walker being off the books. So, yeah, I saw somebody throwing that out there, and I saw well, not throwing that, but pointing that out, and I also saw somebody pointing out <laughs> if we got rid of Cam that we'd lose five mil. So that's not happening this year. I don't think. I think if you're a rational Lions fan, you knew he wasn't going anywhere. No, I they know. just <laughs> signed him to a contract. I'm still mad but it's not his it's not all his fault we'll talk about that later uh, uh, probably not this yeah. episode but we will we'll touch on it eventually here he'll get some help trust me yeah um and schemes and stuff might change too that'll that'll help him a little bit but again that's that's for later talk uh i think um that's probably i think they they oh well they re-signed germ so that's True. a good one mm-hmm. um and they re-signed him to what was it? Two years, seven point five mil. Uh, yeah, I think Ish. so. Somewhere they made him the highest-paid spe- core special teams player in the history of the NFL. Lions so. making history again here. But <laughs> um, I think the reason they did that, I think for some people when they first saw that, even outside of the Lions fan base and Lions organization, they thought that was nuts. Um, but I think it's rationalized based on the increase of the of the cap, and also. We know what we have in germ, honestly. I really don't think it's that nuts. I think anyone, like you said, that's saying that is not watch the Lions play or something because, I mean, germ is more than just a special teamer. Yes, he does the core of his work there, but he also gets some valuable snaps on defense and, and played in some big spots for us when we needed him this year. Yeah, I mean, let's just throw this out there. He was an amazing quarterback three. He's one for one. Oh, yeah, I forgot that was him on that fake punt. Yeah. Yep, quarterback three. You're an idiot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, let's uh, let's move on, I guess. Um, the question I have for you on that is, what are your thoughts on if the cap increase increases, decreases, or changes nothing on us making that splash uh, free agency pick? I don't think it changes anything. I think I think they know what their plan is and they've known for a while. They know what they're willing to pay, what they're going to do. If there's guys that are worth paying, um, and they're not going to change that based on, you know, oh, they're giving us more money. I don't think it's going to change whatsoever. Okay. You don't think it increases the chances that we go out there and just take a chance on somebody? Not take a chance, but spend some money. I mean, hypothetically, yes. I mean, it it could make it so that they have the wiggle room to do that more than they did before, but I'm not, I, they didn't, they don't, they don't operate that way. I don't think Brad Holmes, frankly, gives a crap that the cap space increased. I think you look at, um, organizations like, uh, I'm trying to remember who it was. Someone, I can't remember what it is. There's a GM in the league that essentially the team is in cap hell. And they, I think it, you might be talking about the Saints. I don't know. It's possible. They increased the cap, and they, he was asked about it. I think it was at the Combine. They asked him what he thought about it, and he smiled and said he was happy that they did it because without saying it, they're in a bad situation, and that just helps them yeah. get out of it. It could have been the Saints. It could have been, I think, the Chargers were, were in that spot too. But, yeah, there were a few of them that are that were bad. So when they saw that, I'm sure they were excited. But um, So, yeah, I guess that that's your answer. It doesn't. We don't deviate from the plan based on that. No, and Dan Campbell said that in his press conference, too. He talked about, you know, I think he was asked whether they were going to look at exploring bringing in big free agents or something, and he essentially said, 
that they he he talked about you know the danger of spending big on a free agent that you don't know because you need to find out everything about that guy to see yep. if he's going to fit. He said you don't want to bring in an outside guy into your locker room without knowing every single thing about him. And they said he said it's much easier to take that money and spend it on your own core guys that you've gotten in the draft so that you already know everything about that guy because he's been with you his entire career. Yep, you got it, man. And you actually uh, perfectly moved right into the next uh the next topic, which is the uh, both Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes uh, press conferences that they had prior to the combine here. And like you said, um, you know, he, he just kind of touched on drafting. Well is probably the most important thing for um, longevity of a team. Um, And that's not his words. That's kind of me summarizing what I feel he was saying. Um, And then, you know, to keep those players, uh, as they as they roll into their prime, and if you're going to have to choose to re-sign somebody or go get somebody in free agency, um, it sounds like they're prioritizing those guys that they know are working out for them, i.e. germ. Um, I think that's kind of what he was getting at. Yeah, no, that sounds about right. I think the only other thing really that I have on Dan Campbell's uh, presser in, was just I liked when he the way he talked about... Um, the the combine itself and not necessarily caring too much about the drills and the statistics that the guys are putting up what he really looks forward to is the interview process yep because that's where you really find out about guys and you can really lay into them and talk to them because you already know most of them have the intangibles it's really who they are outside of football or how much they love the game what they're here for and I think it just shows that him and Brad Holmes truly have a mold of what kind of player they want and who's going to fit them personality-wise. Yeah, and some of the, um, I think they're calling them informal interviews. Are those the ones where they're interviewing with multiple people and getting asked by multiple places? That's not just by one team, right? That's what they're calling informal interviews? No, I was talking more of the formal interview process. They do formal interviews. Oh, right, no, but I'm, I'm getting at, there's a guy that I saw, and we'll talk about him next week, oh, I'm okay. sure, that um, absolute. there's two guys. Um, one of them I picked in my mock draft. I'll just throw all that one out there. There's another guy that I'm pretty sure I'll be picking in next time's mock draft if he's available that I think climbed my ladder um, just because of their interview. I just, like like you're saying, what Dan Campbell sees, you've already seen everything on the field. I mean, you know what they have to offer on the field, but... I'm wowed by some of these guys and what they can and and don't and choose not to say too. So, um, yeah. no, yeah, for sure. Um, so moving on to the Brad Holmes one, and honestly, we're not gonna have to touch much on this because Brad Holmes kind of just reiterated everything Dan Campbell said. Honestly, um, he said pretty much he agrees with everything, and we knew that. Like <laughs> we've already talked about that for weeks here. Um, so there's not much there. But with Brad Holmes, um, one thing that he mentioned, and I've got two points here, but one thing that he mentioned is uh, he was asked about Gibbs and I think the excitement that he showed when he drafted him, and I think we remember that. That was pretty awesome. That gave me chills seeing him explode like that. Um, Seems like he does that at least once a draft. Yeah. he They got their guy. I mean, I guess for lack of a better term, I know that's cliche, but um, one thing that he mentioned was – there's still a lot of meat on the bone 
for Gibbs. And I think what that means, I think I'm interpreting that as he plans on doing a lot of different things with Gibbs this year and implementing him into the uh, into the offense a lot more. Well, yeah, when you look at running backs, a lot of the times they're just getting their feet wet in their first year. So they're just going through the basic motions of what running backs do, and they let their eyes carry them to where they're going to go. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of more nuance, I guess, with the running back position that there is to learn once you get past your first year. So you're going to see a lot more of him understanding what defenses are trying to do rather more than just polished. focusing on what he's doing, which yeah. is going to allow him to be more um, have more designed runs for him and more you know, passing to him and screenplays and all this kind of different stuff that he showed, but he's gonna it's gonna be more of a focused game Fine plan for him. Polished, yeah. So um with that, another thing that Brad Holmes mentioned was um and this made me actually laugh, literally laugh out loud. Um he said that Gibbs when he first started was going too fast for the game. Most of the time you 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 talk to or you hear guys talk and they say you know the game the game speeds so much faster and all this but Holmes literally said once Gibbs kind of realized that he could slow down a little bit and make it more um you know deliberate speed runs um where he goes and what he does that he actually started really getting better and better and I just thought that was really funny because like that shows how fast Gibbs is both you know, dynamically and as a runner, it's crazy. Yeah. I think that's pretty common with guys that are just fast. They, yeah. They, the game isn't too fast for them. They're too fast for the game. They let their instincts take over, and sometimes you need to just stop and think before you yep. explode. Yep. All right, so that's what I had. I mean, I just I thought that was something funny to touch on. Um, the last thing, and this is something that excites me with what we need, but the last thing that Brad Holmes touched on was he talked about cornerbacks. He was asked about them. Um, and he said he's been more selective in acquiring cornerbacks. Um, and the reason he's more selective is because um, they're kind of voluminous, I think is the word he said, uh, just like a wide receiver. It's easy to kind of overlook their intangibles and get super like excited and wooed by their athleticism. Um, but he said he's a cornerback snob and cornerback is like poetry in motion. So he's just looking for the right fit. So that's, that's a really awesome way to put that into words that I've never heard before. No, for sure. And it's encouraging that he's talking about that about a position that we need like right. that. And that's like yeah. probably our most glaring need right now. And yeah, and he's taken an in an intelligent intelligible is that a correct word? <laughs> he's taking an intelligent and deliberate approach to filling those needs. That's that's exciting. So, mm-hmm. anyway, that's what I have. So, I think now we're ready to move on to the main event here and get our mock drafts out. Yeah, for sure. All right, you want to start? Yeah, um, I think the best way to do this is probably just to go pick for pick here. Okay. Uh, so that way I'm not just running through and then we run through yours. I think we kind of go pick for pick and then we'll uh, talk about why we did that, made that move, and, and you can comment on mine, I can comment on yours, whatever. Okay, or fist bite or whatever it is. If we're wrestling <laughs> in the mics, you guys will probably hear it. No, thank you. Um <laughs> So I'll start right off with uh, round one, pick 29 here. Um, I did not make a pick. I made a trade with the New York Giants. 
um, who are quarterback needy right now. And coincidentally, and just to preface this, we did make, we did all of our drafts through PFF. I know a lot of people have problems with PFF and it's not necessarily, I think PFF is a good resource. I don't think it's a Bible that you should necessarily, you know, just take everything as fact. I think it's For sure. a lot of information that can help you draw conclusions, but shouldn't be just, you know, relied on. But um it's the easiest kind it's the easiest mock draft system in my opinion to be able to move players as well as picks mm-hmm. in deals. So we went with that. But anyway, round one pick twenty nine, I had the Lions trading back to with the Giants. So the Lions receive Round two, pick 39 from the Giants in this draft, and they also received round five, pick 140. And then the Giants received our first-round pick this year, as well as our fifth-round pick, our 163 pick, and then a fifth-round pick next year. So essentially what we did is we gave up a first and a fifth fifth this year and a fifth next year, but we got back a fifth this year as well as the Giants' second-round pick. And that... Might be a little bit lopsided. I think the Lions will probably get more in a pick like that, but they're not moving that far down. It's only 10 picks. And um, in case you're curious, the Giants moved up and took J.J. McCarthy with that pick. Solid pick. Honestly, and I'm going to say it, I think people are going to be surprised. I think if there's a team that wants a quarterback, they may move into anywhere from 28 to 32 to grab a guy like J.J. McCarthy or maybe a Bo Nix or something like that. But I've, I've heard that JJ McCarthy is way higher on boards than people think he is. Let me tell you something. And I'm going to, I'm going on record here and saying it. Those two are possibly the two most underrated skilled players in this draft. Bo Nix and JJ McCarthy. I don't know if I would say that, but you got your own opinion. That's I'm saying it. I think they get disrespected on like crazy. Anyway, um, can I ask you what your reason was to decide to move down? Um, see, originally I think if you're going to pick, pick there, it's going to be either an edge player or a cornerback. And I addressed both of those with my next two coming up and I'll get more into that, but let's save some mystery here. Okay. <laughs> there are still some people available. Okay. Um, so, uh, am I good to go? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Uh, first round 29th pick. I did p- take a pick. Um, and I took, I think we alluded to it last week. I took TJ Tampa, um, out of Iowa state. The reason I took TJ Tampa, uh, I think we talked about this last week. He's six, two, he's two Oh one. And he is a, he's got a massive wingspan. Um, I just want to point out that Mel Kuyper also took him to the lions in his last draft here on 29 at number 29. Um, he's got a super large frame for a cornerback. He's got long arms. He's really good in press coverage. Uh, a note that I saw on him, um, I'm not super like up on this kind of thing because I'm not a defensive back or a coach, but he can sink his hips and transition from press to break and accelerate with the receiver. So he's able to get right up on the line, press the guy up, and then stick with him. Um, and that's something that we definitely need. He's not a ball hawk. I think he only had two picks last year. Uh, yeah, two picks last year. Um, but he's constantly around the ball with good IQ, and his long arms and big hands are able to, you know, get a lot of PBUs and and get just disrupt the the receiver. Yeah, I don't hate that pick. I think 
I think TJ Tampa is a second round guy, but I think if you like him enough, you can reach for him there at the end of the first round because that's essentially getting into that you're close that's, gray that's area yeah. with those. Um, yep. I did find something interesting about him. Uh, Justin Rogers came out with a report this week. This isn't this isn't anything related to his play, but do you know what TJ stands for? I'm I'm afraid his name is Tampa Junior Tampa. That makes me want him even more. <laughs> that 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 doesn't sway my opinion at he all. Is Tampa Junior Tampa. Oh man, I love that. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> just real quick before you move into your next pick, though, I want to just kind of point out why people are putting him at second or in a second round. Um, he is a gambler. He takes a lot of unnecessary risks. Uh, and he also has super high pads. Um, his, his pad height is super high at the line. So he gets kind of pushed off the line at times. And that's why he needs that acceleration in order to keep up with guys. So something to look at, something to work on. Um, but I'm willing to take a chance on a guy like that. And something interesting also to touch on with that is you might not see him up on the line playing press all that often in Aaron Glenn's defense. We've seen right. he prefers to kind of sag the corners off which means he might not have to deal with that immediate push off the line. Yep. Yeah, that's what I got for my first pick. Okay, solid, solid. Um, I do want to say, too, I'll just throw this out there. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, throw myself under the bus. I did do a, a mock draft earlier, uh, about a week ago. <laughs> I wasn't even going to call you up. <laughs> I did a mock draft about a week ago, forgot to screenshot it, so I had an idea of who I had picked, but I lost it so i had to redo one actually right before this podcast was recorded about three hours before i i made one so i do have an edge on zach in terms of knowledge of some guys that are now available that were Obviously, a question you before. had an edge on me on knowledge before that <laughs> <laughs> okay uh round two pick 39 for me so that's the one that we received from the giants in my trade back um I took uh, defensive edge out of Penn State, Chop Robinson. Okay, solid. I think it was between, uh, I, I think it's funny, it was between two Robinsons, because I think one that's been mocked to the Lions lately is Darius Robinson that's from I was talking about before. Missouri, and he's an edge, and his he's got a really man. good story. Man, his interview gave me the chills. Holy yeah, man. he's got a really good story, and I saw a picture come out of him as a, younger guy you know hang out with a lions player or something Nick like that. fairly yeah yeah yep. that's who it was okay yep. so i saw that come out and i thought that was interesting but i decided to give chop the edge here just because i think I, I don't know i haven't watched a lot of um the other darius's play so i don't really know as much but chop i i think is saw proven chop. he's got uh 10 games this season under his belt, he had three sacks, five hits, and 18 hurries. In his career, he's had 10 sacks. That's over three seasons. That's good for a college guy. Yeah, it? yeah, pretty pretty good. Um, You know, he's crazy in hurries. Last year, he had 34 quarterback hurries to go along with nine quarterback hits and five sacks, which is career high in all three of those categories. But he's just uh, he's just going to be that, that – pure pass rusher that's going to compliment Aiden Hutchinson and James Houston a lot. Um, yeah, no, that's, I don't really have much on him. That's the big thing is Just I think we need pick. that rusher across the yep. line. Okay. All right. So you went defensive line. I went defensive line, but I went in interior. Um, and I didn't make any moves with my picks, just so you guys know. I, I picked pretty straight this way. I didn't trade anything. I, I think we do trade, but um, for this one, I didn't. So, second round, 61st pick, 
Devondre Sweat was still there, and everybody's going to roll their eyes because that's what everybody's saying, but um, he's 6'4", he's 362, um, he's got a massive frame, uh, 26 QB hurries, 6 batted balls last year, uh, 3 quarterback hits, 2 sacks, um, I mean, he's just, he's a big dude, uh, he is, to me, this is my opinion, he is what we swung and possibly missed on last year with Broderick Martin. I don't know that. Broderick could still come out and be that guy. But this guy with Aleem McNeil on the inside is absolutely scary to me. No, I, I agree, and I, I would have taken him in my draft, but the next, with with that identical pick, but I actually got rid of that pick as well, and we'll talk about that in a second <laughs> here. But um, I think... I don't know. I, I like I really do like him and I saw it in the in the combine he actually measured in at three hundred and sixty six pounds. So even bigger okay. than what you thought. So but, real quick, I just want to interrupt one thing that I'm that's li- that's a little nerve wracking to me. I, I know that these aren't official numbers until they're officially, you know, in the combine. But I'm just nervous about is he a Nick Fairley? We go back to that. Is he gonna struggle with weight? Is he gonna struggle with having all of this athleticism and all of this potential? but not be motivated to be that guy. Well, there was a similar worry about Aleem McNeil. True part. And he he slimmed right down this year. Good Um, call. I don't think it's going to be, it's going to be more of what are his motivations. And that's what Dan Campbell's going to have to evaluate if he considers that pick. But he's, he's really good. Um, I know you didn't get to watch much of the combine because it's actually, it's kind of happening currently and it, and they didn't start drills very long ago while we're recording this, but Mm -hmm. They they had him working out. He ran a pretty good forty. He was slower than than some guys in his forty yard dash. Run that that fo 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 five like he said he was gonna. No, he said get up out of here. No, I think <laughs> I think I think he ran five over five. Okay, but but I don't need him to be. They do doing that. Just stop the guys getting to the line. Yeah, they made a they made a good point. You don't look at the forty yard dash numbers when you're looking at these defensive interior guys. You want to look at their ten yard split. Because that's really where you're going to find their speed off the line getting to the quarterback. That's the only amount of distance they're really going to have to travel. So you look at it, um, I think he ran around the the average for a defensive interior lineman in the split. So he's fast for a big guy. Um, And they they say the average 10-yard split for for the guys in the league right now is 1.72 on your 10-yard split. But... Okay. He ran somewhere in that range, and he also looked really good in some of the drills, the the five or the four bag drill, I think it's called, where they lay down and then they, you know, okay, yep, uh, go around the bags and that. But he, they, they did note that he looked really good with his short area quickness, which is good. And That's a, awesome another guy who looked really good with his short area quickness was his teammate Byron Young, who's also a defensive interior guy. But the polar opposite of what Tavondre Sweat is, he's slimmer and quicker. So you're going, I, I like a lot of the defensive interior guys. And there are a few guys that I didn't get to pick that I would consider there. I think another guy to look at would be Florida State's Braden Fisk. Okay, that I've heard the name. Yeah, I is, don't know him much. I just watched him today. S- extremely fast, extremely fluent with his movement. There's no stop in his motion. He's just... And then there's a guy from LSU, and I don't remember exactly what his name is. It's it's Mackie something, but he's uh 
think he ran the fastest 40-yard dash out of any interior lineman in okay. the combine this year. So definitely someone to look at. But um, Are they going to have to drop a first-round pick on a guy like that, though? Uh, somebody might somebody might climb and, and get in there. His name is Mackie Wingo, by the way. He's from he's from uh, LSU, but okay. He didn't run the fastest forty. He ran the third fastest at a four eight five. Braden Fisk ran a four seven eight. Man, that is quick for an interior mm-hmm. lineman. That is quick. It, it really is. Um, but that I don't know. I think any of those guys are interchangeable. I think you guys you can get them if you want the big guy though that's going to push the center back it's going to be Tavondre Sweat so I don't have a problem with that pick. and I've also heard real quick I'm not going to harp too much more on Tavondre Sweat but I've also heard that and I've seen some clips but I've heard that him getting double teamed is almost like a normal person getting just regular one-on-one he just pushes through those guys and he does not give up any double team ground zero no he's huge he's huge so, he's a monster Okay, what do you got next? Well, first of all, how many more third-round picks do you have so we can finish a round? You mean second round? We're in the second, second round. round. I apologize. I have one more. Or I have, it, it's not going to, I'm getting rid of this second-round pick, okay. which is the Lions' original pick, and then I'm moving into the third round. Okay, so why don't you tell us what you do with that and then go into the third round. So this is the pick that Zach had them taking Tavondre Sweat with, and I have them trading that pick to Kansas City for a Mr. Legereus Sneed. Ooh, you're not gonna get it just for that though. What else did you trade? Mm, Lajerry Sneed was a um, All-Pro cornerback. Just in case you you don't know who he is yet, but um, he's recently been franchise tagged by Kansas City, but allowed to seek a trade. And the belief is that there he will not be on the team next year because he they they are looking at preparing for life without him. Is what I heard today. Okay, actively searching. Gotcha. Uh, I have the Lions receiving Lajerry Sneed. They give up a second round pick this year and a fifth round pick next year. That sounds in line with what I was thinking he would go for. Yeah. So, so essentially, the Lions are um, they're they're losing. I think they have two fifth round picks. Oh, sorry, sorry. I I messed up. My first round pick when I traded with the Giants, I didn't give up a fifth round pick next year. I gave up a seventh round pick next year. That makes it a lot easier to stomach, too. Yes, okay. and so then that fifth-round pick next year will go to Kansas City along with our 61st pick in this draft. Okay. And we get LeJerry Sneed. I think those in the second round right there, we just shored up the defensive line problems on the edge, and we shored up our coverage problems immediately. Okay, so I think we both kind of did that just in different ways. So, mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Um, and just something to go back real quick on the picks, um, and I'm going to let you go on to the third round here, but uh, I want to point out that, like you said, um, pro football focus isn't always great because they gave me a D-plus grade for Tavondre Sweat, and you're absolutely nuts if you think that's a D-plus grade. But that's my opinion. Yeah, they do that a lot, though. Like they, they, they gave me some bad grades on some picks I made just because they don't, they don't have the knowledge of oh, these guys are staying in free agency, these guys aren't. So they're seeing what's on the team now, and they're saying what you drafted isn't a need. Yep. So okay. that's part of the problem. All right, so let's uh, let's go to third round. What do you got? Yeah, I thought, that first, uh, I'll, I'll say this, and I thought it was really funny. I looked a little bit at what you had, and we're kind of, we're addressing the same positions with what we're doing just in different ways. So I- hold on, time out. So you cheated twice. First, you redrafted. Wait. First, you looked at my draft. I'm the social media guy. I had to see your draft thing because I'm going to put out the graphics that are going to go out on our X page here. Okay, okay. All right. right. 
I'll allow it. <laughs> so anyway, uh, round three, pick 73, I take a wide receiver. Uh, and I take South Carolina's Xavier Leggett, I think his name is. Legit, whatever it is, I don't know. He's legit. That's all I know. Either way. <laughs> yeah. So just uh, he's going to be that big body guy for us. I, he's 6'3", 227. So he's he's big. He's a big guy. Okay. Um, kind of reminds me, I look at pictures of him, reminds me a bit of like DK Metcalf in a way. Not not quite as big as DK. Dude, that dude's huge. But like he wears like the rolled up jersey. He's got his abs popping out when he's playing. It's he's he's a big boy. Um and he this year produced seventy one catches, twelve hundred and fifty five yards and seven touchdowns. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So he's gotta be their I mean, he's gotta be their only receiver essentially for that many catches and how many targets did he have, you know? He was targeted 97 times. He caught 71 of those. Okay, yeah, so he had a lot of volume. Okay, cool. All right. Um, is that is that all you had? Is that is that you want me to go on to the next guy? You still have three. You have multiple third round picks. Yeah, I've got one. I got one more round three right. guy. Let's hear your let's hear your other round three guy. Let's just go that way. Okay. Uh, I got round three pick 92. Um, which I think is theirs originally. Yep. Still. Yep. Uh, we got Cooper Beebe, guard out of Kansas State. Okay. Um, he allowed two career sacks in three seasons. Um, averaged about seven quarterback hurries allowed per season. So he might let guys through, but he's not letting them get to the quarterback all that often. Um, he take took majority of his snaps at left guard, which makes him a natural replacement for Jonah Jackson. Because I think okay. we're letting yep. him go in free agency. We draft a guy on day two to replace him. Okay. I like it. That's that's kind of like you said, like in line with what I'm going to go here with the third round. So here we go. Um, third round, 73rd pick overall. I'm taking Brendan Rice out of um, USC. And it's not because of his first name, because I can't stand that first name. <laughs> Uh, it's spelt wrong anyway. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, so what's that? What's what's the word you said when you saw that I picked uh, Brendan Rice? Nepotism. No, come on. What's the word you said? Legacy. I say pedigree. No, I I legit legacy. Yes, but that's in line with nepotism. I think looking at your draft, and I'm not going to give it away, but I think you made two nepotism picks. I think you made picks based on who their that is true parents were. That and is true. Not. No, 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 I didn't. I, I didn't. I got my reasons for them, but definitely they were on my radar. All right, go for it. Then. All right. Nepotism. Let's let's go nepotism route first. His dad was the stinking Kobe of football. That dude did not take a single day off. It's, you know, it's got to be in his bloodline at least a little bit to have that work ethic. It has to be because his dad was the best and he was going to be the best. Was he the most athletic? Nope, he wasn't. He was He was a freak athlete, but he wasn't the most athletic. But that dude made sure he was going to be the best, and he never took a day off. Um, as far as I know, I guess I don't really know him that close. <laughs> uh, what I've got on what I've seen from Brendan Rice and USC was featured in so many stinking primetime games this year. I don't understand why towards the end, but I got to see him a lot. He is an absolute alpha on 50-50 balls. He goes and gets the ball. And that's what we need. We got 
our short slant guy. Not that he is only a slant guy, but he's great at it. And if you have a problem with that, come at me. We've got our over-the-top, super quick speed guy. We've got our two running backs that make sense and a tight end that can catch the ball not only in the red zone, but also just anywhere down the field, it seems like. This guy is our over-the-top 50-50 guy. Over-the-top of receivers, I mean. 50-50 guy that I think we need. He is going to be, in my opinion, an upgrade from Josh Reynolds. Um, he had 45 receptions on 70 targets, 12 touchdowns on 45 catches. So obviously he's he's getting those you know those big time red zone catches. Um, let's see what else did he have? Uh, he played a little bit in the slot, but most of the time he's out wide. And that's obviously what we're looking for. 17.6 yards per reception. So he's he's up there. Um, I just think he's that guy. And obviously he had a really good quarterback throwing to him, but um, he was catching stuff in traffic quite a bit. So the only thing that scares me with him is watching him on the pro day. He seems like he is not going to be that guy to get separation off the line. And regardless of whether he's catching 50-50 balls or not, you have to be able to get a little bit of separation in order to even position yourself to catch balls like yep. that yep and i agree and so that's I, I so the way i did this was i i gave the good stuff and then i always i have a knock for him too uh, i don't know if you've kind of seen that i'm doing that but you i agree with what you're saying the problem with him is he seems to be a big game player um he shows up in big games but it's almost like he doesn't realize that there's maybe nine or ten other games that exist um you know he he showed a good a good burst off the line of scrimmage all season, but then, like you said, he struggled to get off the line of scrimmage against the best guys. So, was was it that USC was playing people that he was able to push around a little more, or what is it? I agree. I'm a little nervous about that, if anything. So, I agree with that. All right. All right. So that's um, that pick. Now my second third round pick, again in line with what you've got. I'm super high on this guy. Like this is the pick that I really want for real. Um, round three, pick 92, I've got the 6'5", 315-pound, unofficial, um, South Dakota State Jackrabbit, Mason McCormick. And he is an absolute beast. That dude is humongous. Dude looks like an old-school player when I looked at him. He's got, like, the, the neck, neck roll, roll on. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, he's just, like, I don't know, he's like that Corey Schlesinger-looking guy, but, yeah, um... He works well on the move as a puller. Um, I, I, I saw that as something on Pro Football Focus, and I actually went and looked, and he does. I mean, when he pulls, he is quick. He gets up, he gets out, and he's knocking people on the ground. He's hitting pancakes and everything. So um, he's got super, super hard hands. Um, he's knocking people backwards with just like a push. Uh, he's also got really good force uh, as far as like grip strength. Uh, not that you want to be able to grip somebody too much, but on the outside of their pads. He's got good grip strength. They're not sliding through him or squirming through him. Um, he's got a super high motor. He picks up stunts really well. Uh, the only thing that I want to say about him is there's a few times where I saw him himself get knocked over, and it seems like he's got his his upper body frame is so big that his lower body needs to catch up. So he doesn't have balance, Yep, really. He struggles with that a little bit. So when someone bursts, off the line and they hit him first, he's usually getting knocked over. So, so he's going to struggle with like an Aaron Donald type yes, guy. Yes, correct. Okay. Yep. Um, That's who I got. 
No, I, I, I don't mind the pick. I don't know much about him. I think interior line is where you're going to want to go somewhere on day two there, so I don't let have me, a problem with that. Let me throw one more thing out there with Mason, um, just because I want to – I say what I said, and then I want to kind of just let you know, when he started in 2018, when he came into college, he was a zero-star recruit. The last two years, he was an FCS All-American. So he's growing up. So hopefully he is getting better and better with age. So, mm-hmm. so uh, do you have – I don't think the Lions had round four pick, nope, did they? No fourth round. Okay, nope. so we'll just move right into round five. Okay. Um, and, again, this is going to be different because you're going to be sitting at 163 because you didn't make any trades. Correct. I'm at 140 because we sw- swapped fifth-round picks with the Giants. Um, I have them taking, I had one of two guys here and they were both from Michigan and we're going to go ahead and address interior line again, uh, on the offensive side. I, it was between Drake Nugent and Zach Zinter here. And I really, really, really wanted to take Zach Zinter, but I just think the injury is going to knock him back a little bit. And I, I don't. I don't love that. That's a big boy to be on an injury like that right away. Yeah, so I'm going to go. I went ahead and I took Drake Nugent. He's a center by trade. He played every single one of his snaps at center in college. Um, But my hope is that he could turn into a Glasgow clone out of the same university where he can be the center that can, you know, spell Frank Ragnow when he needs it, but also pull to the guard position when needed as well. Uh, He... Is given we're in the fifth round, we're starting to get into guys that maybe aren't going to be, you know, the the blue chip players that starters. Yeah, every so guys. Nugent did allow nine sacks and three hits and twenty hurries over three seasons. So that's not bad numbers, but you know, three sacks a season is great, especially from the center position. Those guys aren't usually the ones you're looking at to allow sacks because really they're not lined up against somebody typically they're helping double team on the interior um so not ideal but i just i think it's either him or zin i would like him or zinter there and i think nugent is the healthier option i would take him okay yeah i like that idea um i would i would be fine with either one of those guys honestly but like you said the zinter thing I don't know. I guess at round five, it's okay. You can give him a little bit of time. And I think if he hadn't gotten hurt, I think he'd be a little higher on the draft boards than that. But I had actually, I am, I'd be okay with any of the three interior Michigan guys that are out there right now. Nugent, Keegan, or Zenter. I would be fine with I any of the three. Those guys are award-winning uh, linemen. So, yeah, definitely. Um, okay. Uh, round five, 163. Um, I went back to the defensive secondary and grabbed, out of Arkansas, Dwight McLaughlin. Um, And I grabbed him because of his, I don't know, I guess, you know, he was hurt. He played, uh, he was out, I think, week six through nine. So he didn't play a continuous season. Um, He's not a super fast guy. That's probably part of why he's in the fifth round here. Um, but he's a ball tracker. He is the guy that, you know, where TJ Tampa lacks, he's there. He's showing up. He's right there on balls. He's intercepting. Um, he had three this year um, in a shortened season. He had four the year before. 
he did he did uh, allow 12 receptions on 25 targets, but he only allowed 132 yards and two touchdowns the entire season. So that's pretty solid for a fifth round cornerback. And so um, I don't know if he fell because of his injuries. I don't know if he fell because the Razorbacks fell this year. Um, I think that might be part of it. He didn't have the glamorous team around him, but um, I would be stoked if this was a guy that we picked up after getting somebody like TJ Tampa or, like you said, trading for, um, you know, someone like a Legereus Sneed or something. So No, I also, I, I, I had looked at Dwight, what is it? Mc, Mc, McLaughlin or McLaughlin? Yeah, well, McLaughlin. Dwight, Dwight, Dwight McLaughlin, I think is what it is, but I thought about taking him with the where Drake Nugent was as well, just because I, I liked the I liked the stats that he put up and, and what he brings at being an outside corner. Um I don't have any problems with that pick whatsoever. I think he'll be he would be a good swap player yes. at number two with Cam Sutton. The one thing that scares me is the same thing that seems to scare me with Sam, with Cam Sutton. It's funny you would say that. Uh the one knock I have on him when he plays soft he plays too soft, and then he's got to play catch-up, and he doesn't have the speed for it. And I feel like Cam Sutton finds himself doing that sometimes. Well, I don't know. It seems like you're shooting yourself in the foot then because you hate Cam Sutton with a passion. So, <laughs> Well, maybe I need a replacement for Cam Sutton, and this guy's the guy. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, we're moving to round six. Let's then. go. Yep. Uh, round six, pick 207. I have the Lions taking a defensive back, just like you just had him taking in the fifth round. Uh, I have them taking Marcellus Dial from South Carolina, so the second Gamecock that they picked this time. I'm going to completely throw this out there. I have no knowledge on him whatsoever. I, I didn't either, all. to be honest, because we're okay. getting into that range of players where you're probably not going to know them Until as well. Until you pick the guy that I pick next. <laughs> I uh, I know his all dad. It doesn't mean is, I know him either. All I'm gonna say is anti chill. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> forgot about that. Clip. Yeah, exactly. No, so I He's I went my radar. <laughs> I went with uh I went with uh the the track record of of uh, Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes, and they're going to you know stay with the colleges that they've already been picking with. So let's get South Carolina. We've already gone. And gotten Xavier Leggett on the offensive side in the third round. We're going to get Marcellus Dial, cornerback, on the defensive side here. Okay. He uh, is a coverage guy. He, for somebody that's going to be ranked so low, he went at, with a PFF grade, 78.2 coverage grade, way above average. Um, he was really, really good in man coverage, especially. Um, his run defense is around average but in my opinion uh you, you we're looking more for the guys that can cover right now i think run defense can be taught i don't think that's something that you have to have right off the jump i think having a guy like cam sutton you can put cam sutton in there he's good against the run if you're in run situations you put him in and then when you're in pass situations you put marcellus dial in and he can lock down some guys hopefully that's exactly what um, you know, Dan and Brad were both talking about in the press and the pressers is, is having guys that we're not worried, you know, people are inevitably going to get hurt or tired or whatever. We're not worried about getting those guys that are amazing stars all the way through and they're starters. We want guys that are good all the way across, even when we have to sub. Yeah. And dial also, 
He's not going to have the big numbers, and that's, like you said, we're getting into that range where you're not going to have the big number guys necessarily. But he had three career INTs, 52 targets. Uh, I think this season alone he was targeted 52 times. He did allow 500 yards on those targets. So he didn't allow big yardage, but he uh, only allowed two touchdowns, so he didn't allow points. He maybe is a bend but don't break kind. It could be that. It could be guys hitting slants. It could be, you know, you never know. So, yeah, I mean, it. I mean, you do know if you watch it, but I didn't. But, um, you know, he's. I like that pick based on what you're saying. Like I said, I don't know much about him, but he sounds like a guy that could be polished up in the defense and end up being a, a pretty good rotational player. He could end up being like an iffy for us, I guess, mm-hmm. at cornerback. Yeah. So I like that. Okay. Um, you ready to laugh? Are you guys ready to laugh? Because I know someone who's about to. <laughs> uh, round six, pick two hundred seven, the five foot ten, two hundred one, Southern Miss Golden Eagle, Frank Gore Jr. Anti Chill. That's all I'm gonna say. If you guys don't know what he's talking about, you need to go go Google Frank Gore post game presser with his aunt because three hundred and some yards in a bowl game. Yeah, he had he had a huge monster game and they were interviewing him afterwards and his aunt gets in there and starts just like <laughs> randomly going at it. She's like celebrating and he goes, Auntie chill pushes her like yeah. flying out of the frame. So. Yeah. <laughs> I think she's still like those memes, I think she's still flying somewhere in space Um He's a screen game beast. Uh, the only problem with him is he's, and this is why he's up in the sixth round. He's ti- he's tiny. Um, also, was Frank Gore, senior. He's tiny, but he's a power back, so it's kind of like one of those like mixture. We kind of got a a Gibbs and Montgomery put together. I'm not saying that he's going to be as good as either of those guys. I'm not saying that, um, but he's kind of like the perfect mix of those guys. He runs on instinct. He's got amazing balance. Um, he knows how to make people miss. Uh, he's willing and capable, laying blocks even in the run game. Uh, I have some. I I think PFF had him as a slippery back with acceleration and speed um, that translate well to the NFL. And I think, again, it's a pedigree thing for me. Like you said, nepotism, whatever you want to call it. But to me, Frank Gore. What are the two the two guys that I have that I that I drafted their kids here? What did those two have in common? Longevity. They played for the 49ers. That's true. <laughs> I was going to get on you for that, but then I'm like, wait a minute. Longevity and availability, and what is big on the coach and the GM's radar? Availability and longevity. The only knock on him other than his size, the size is an issue, um, but he seeks contact a little too much for his frame. And that means, like, he is, he's comfortable in traffic. He's comfortable, you know, making moves and stuff in traffic. But he's almost too comfortable in traffic. He likes to hang out in there almost, it seems like. It's like, man, when are you going to break through there and, you know, get going, accelerate out of there, and then he's on the ground. So um, that's the only knock I have on him um, other than his size. But, I mean, the last two years, 1,376 yards, uh, 1,119 yards, uh, ten touchdown or nine touchdowns, and then ten touchdowns. He's catching the ball. Um, 
you know, 200 plus 200 yards, both of the last two years in receiving. So, you know, it's a possibility. That's all. Um, I will say out of your picks, this is the one that I dislike the most. I just don't, I don't see the need to draft a running back this season with what we already have. I think if you're going to get a running back, you address that with a cheap guy in free agency. Because there are a dime a dozen. Frank Gore's just, Frank Gore Jr. is not going to see the field with Gibbs and Montgomery. He's going to be. I know, but I don't have them keeping Craig Reynolds. Well, that's fine, but I'm what I'm saying is, why would you spend draft capital on a guy like that when you could just tie down a guy for like one or two years in free agency? That's true. That's a good point. But I like Frank Gore Jr. Ante Chill. That's all I'm saying. No, that's fine. You're going viral. That's what you're. You're, you're, you're trying to make us. You're trying to get clicks. Here's what you're doing. Yeah, people are gonna love this. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what do you got? Where are we at? It's Seventh the, round. It's provocative. It's not provocative. It gets that's a the heck people of a good going. Pick. No, it's not. That's a good pick. You don't even know. Do you know what that's from? No, I don't. Blades of Glory. Will Ferrell. Oh my gosh. No. <laughs> or a a a uh, Kanye West song that sampled that clip from that movie in the beginning, and I will not say the name of it because I will get canceled. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely, uh, I don't know what you're talking about, but with Kanye West, I, I, I'm sure. So yeah, round so, seven, <laughs> round seven, pick 247. I have the lions getting their competition for camp at kicker. Uh, Michael Badgley was re-signed to a one-year deal, I believe. Competition. So, yeah, so they're going to have to bring in. I, I believe that that deal for Michael Badgley was purely so that they had a body in camp to make sure you keep continuity at the position should you have to stay with him, but you bring in guys that could possibly take his job, and then you can get rid of him because it's not a contract that's going to hurt you. So we gave him some charity. Exactly. <laughs> so I think I think at pick 247, we take Will Reichard out of Alabama. He's a kicker. I talked about him in one of our previous podcasts when we broke the news about Badgley, I actually believe is when we mm-hmm. talked about him. Yep. But just a, he's a dog. Uh, in 2023, 88% on his field goal attempts. He went 10 for 10 from 20 to 39 yards, was 12 of 15 from 40-plus. 40, uh, 40 and then included in that was five of five from 50-plus. Okay. So he only missed three kicks, and they were within a 40 to 50-yard range in that in-between range kind of. Uh, he's you. 10 of 13 from 50 yards or more in his career, Okay. which is, and, I think, a four-year career. And I like that. Um, the only thing I would say is I would like to say that I feel the same way about this pick as you felt about the halfback. I feel like you're always going to be able to get an un, an undrafted player as a kicker at the end of the draft because people just don't like drafting kickers. I would I would agree that you can get a kicker undrafted, but you're not going to get a polished kicker undrafted. I think Alabama, You if you can get this kid from Alabama, I don't think he's going to be there in the seventh round, to be honest with you. The way people have been reaching for kickers recently, I think he could go... Maybe as early as the fifth round. Um, but if he falls to the seventh round, I don't think you can pass up on getting him. He's from Alabama. You, we know what that school produces on a yearly basis. And he's just, I don't know, he's got a leg. That's all. I, I, I don't think he, he couldn't, he's not necessarily going to be the starter. He might be a he practice might, squad guy. I don't know. But he might come out and kick the wheels right off Michael Badgley and send him packing. No pun intended. With the kicking of 
Yeah, well, they, well, whatever. He should be kicking more balls than he has wheels, hopefully. Whoa, but. man. Well, if he if he kicks Badgley's balls, then we got big problems. So I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> uh, I I I like it. I mean, I like I said, I, I no, I think you don't. You, you just said you didn't, so don't backtrack. I think you can. <laughs> I think you could get somebody. I like your point. I'll put it that way. I like your point. I think you could get somebody undrafted free agent and pick them up. But I'm with you, like we talked about when we had our Lions legend and talked about Jason Hansen, and before that having um, Eddie Murray and, you know, Kickalicious. No, I'm just kidding, not Kickalicious. Um, Wait, the guy, you're talking about the guy who played Donkey and Shrek? What? You said we had Eddie Murphy. Oh, no, not Eddie Murphy. I didn't say that. <laughs> Make a waffles. Uh, <laughs> Um, I, I think if you can draft a guy that you see that's going to be a good, solid kicker for a long, long time in Detroit, I'm good. I'll, I'll take that. I, w- I would do that. So that's the only reason I would do it, though. No, it makes sense. Okay. So my round seven, my last pick, 247 here, uh, six foot two, 224, Toledo Rocket, uh, linebacker Dallas Gantt. And okay, I don't know who that is, but go for it. All right. So. You want to know something crazy about Dallas Gantt? No. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Tell me. He played for Ohio State. And oh, then so a transfer. To so does that mean he wasn't good enough to be on Ohio State or to start there? To start there, he was not good. Um, he did not do well in his first season at Ohio State. Um, he was, I think, I think I saw him on special teams a lot for clips at Ohio State. So he was more of a special teamer. And then he came here and he was a starter. Um. I actually think he played in three games for Ohio State, possibly. But um, looking at him right now, he played all 14 games of theirs of Toledo's for the last two years. Over 900 uh, defensive snaps for him. Um, he pass rushed 64 times the year before last, and then 28 this time. Um, but for somebody in college, this is pretty impressive to me. Uh, 75 tackles two years ago, 88 this last year, assisted on 35 and 32. Um, he missed a lot of tackles in 22 with 15, but then he also had, he, he shored that up and had eight missed tackles last time. And that's the one knock that I have on him is um, he's, a, he's a hitter. Um, he looks like a DB that likes to hit, so he's a little bit smaller for a linebacker. Um, but... He has trouble rapping. So is he going to be like, like a, one of those that was a big position recently was that linebacker safety swing position where you had like an Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. That's what I'm picturing, yes. Okay. It's, it's something like that. But I, I think with strength, he's he's smaller than a linebacker. He's not a Derek Barnes size, you know what I mean? Um, but I think with strength and conditioning at the NFL level, I think that he could he could end up being a good rotational piece. He's not going to be a starter. I think he'd be a good rot- rotational piece in the seventh round. So for sure, I don't have a problem with it. I can't say much on him because I don't know him. So I mean, he played for Ohio State. So I mean, I don't like him anyway. <laughs> but we're just going to throw a pick at him, I guess. Here's something I'm going to throw at you that you don't know that I just got a notification. I on saw him. you over there pumping the air like you were, uh, you know, Tiger Woods or something. So my uh, my guy, my second round pick, Chop Robinson, just ran the 40 yard dash on official time. The best of the day, four four nine. Holy smokes! Can I change my pick? <laughs> Actually, <laughs> and, I'll and, tell you. 
Yeah, go for it. At 61, Chop Robinson was long gone. He was gone in the first round for mine. Well, that's why I got him at 39. Yeah. 39 is where I had him. But Darius Robinson, for reference, out of Missouri, 495. Pretty slow. He ran slower than a lot of interior defensive linemen. Wow. That's crazy. That really is crazy. I like it. Um, I would be, I'd be happy to get him for sure. There's no problems there. So, yeah. Um, so I think that shores up our mock draft one. You have anything else that you snuck in there or anything crazy? You have like 10 seventh round picks or something weird. <laughs> no, I, I just think, you know, I don't know. I think there's going to be a lot of movement happening and I don't know. I think the lions would trade at least once in this draft. We sh- Brad Holmes shows that he's not afraid to move picks. So I, yeah, I, I should have prefaced with that and I, I might've, but I think we ultimately trade the 29th pick. I really do. I really, really see that happening. I don't know for sure, but I see it happening. I also wanted to say that I, you might've noticed I did not take a defensive interior lineman in my draft, which is one of our needs this season. I think they're going to address that with some, you know, free agents, some lower tier free agents, not the big name guys, but they're going to get some, some quality guys that can sneak in there and, and be in a rotation alongside Aleem McNeil. Okay. That sounds good. I think, uh, it, I think, uh, I don't remember if it's him, but I think it's Danico Autry is a free agent this season from Tennessee. And we just picked up Tennessee's defensive line coach. Ooh, yeah, that makes sense. So there's a little bit of some ties there. Okay. All right. That makes sense. All right, I think that kind of puts the cap here on our mock draft one. And like I said, once the combine's over, we'll go through and do it again and see where we're at. Yeah, I, okay. I think uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see how these guys measure out. I think there'll be a lot of changes in what we did, but we'll see. All right, and now we'll wrap up with our parting shot here. Um, I wanted to bring something up to you and then ask you a question. Um. Jeff Rideson of DLP, the Detroit Lions podcast, giving them a shout out, which I, I don't know, whatever, um, says, and this is a quote, I don't think the golf camp is pushing as hard for the contract extension as a lot of people think they are. Now, I also saw today that it's reported for about a four-year, 180 mil added on to the extension or added on to the existing um, contract for five years. Now, what I want to ask you is, um, and this is a question that was asked from Roar Roundup on X, if you're Goff's agent, are you advising Goff to wait till 25? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think I would advise it because there's no guarantee you're going to be better than you were last year. I, last year, he, he was amazing, and he made Lions history. I think you should be pushing for it now because if there's some kind of fall off, the Lions can use that as leverage to lowball you. I get that. Um you don't think you don't think he's telling him he sh- or at least advising that he should roll the dice, see if they win that Super Bowl and then go out there and get a Patrick Mahomes type. No, because I always I think there's always the I al- I always think there's room for arguing for a raise. Should you need it? I think there, there's always the chance that he win a Super Bowl and they say, hey, uh, you know, we, I took this deal because I wanted to be team friendly, whatever, and then, but I just won you the Super Bowl. 
I think I should have a deal. Or what they do is, we see a lot more of this now in the modern day is, you give him, they, he gets that main deal of 40 to 50 mil a year, whatever they're going to pay him, and you laden it with incentives. So if he wins the Super Bowl, he's going to get a big chunk of change. That way he doesn't, that way he doesn't sit back and say, well, I've got my money coming, we're good to go. But I will say that they, what is reported, and who knows, this, who knows. But what I will say is I see a lot of guaranteed money in that contract that they're reporting. Well, yeah, that's going to happen anywhere you go. There, You're going to, especially at the quarterback position, you're going to get guaranteed money. People are pushing and pushing and pushing for more guaranteed money. So you're saying incentives over and above his contract if he gets a certain, if he wins a Super Bowl, he gets more yeah. money if yeah. he does this, if for he sure. does that. Okay. I yeah. think that I think that's what a lot of people do nowadays with their contracts is you give them the base of what they're worth at market value. And then you give your guys incentives to, to play better and to push for bigger goals because not only are you going to be recognized for that in terms of being just a great player, but you're going to get that contract money as well to kick okay. in. It's I, I agree. I think I think I'm with you on that. I don't think that his I I think <laughs> I'm trying to say this correctly. I think that it's a line of BS that Goff's um corner isn't trying to get an extension as hard as where is he going to go you guys come on of course he's trying to get an extension here i mean is he going to take that big of a risk and say i'm not going to get hurt this year i'm going to have a good season this year you know we're going to have a winning season this year are you really willing to roll the dice or are you willing to like you said allow the lions to take a calculated risk give you the deal and give incentives i think that makes more sense for both sides in my opinion so i agree with you on that um, the last thing I have for our parting shot is Brian Gutekunst. Any idea who that is? Uh, Pat, the Green Bay Packers GM. Yep. So he was um, being interviewed at the pre-combine, and um, part of his quote is, Around here, we've never hung banners for division championships, so it's never been about that. It's a nice starting point, but I think we're always looking for better things thoughts i have i have differing opinions on this because i i have read where it wasn't meant as a shot and i don't think it may i don't think it was i really don't think it Man, was dude as a division I rival you don't stay you don't say something like that no i think he's an idiot for saying it because it's going to get strewn out as being as taking a shot but whatever as if we needed more fuel to hate the packers anyway yeah. oh man i hope we whoop them this year twice so hard three times i hope we get them in the playoffs and we whoop them I don't know if I'm going to hope that they get them in the playoffs. I hope we whoop them so hard that they don't make the playoffs. <laughs> There's that, too. <laughs> yeah. They can win every game they want except for us. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, I I think that, I don't know. To me, I don't know. As a GM of a team that's struggled to be 500 in the last few years, I I I find it hard to believe that there wasn't some kind of something laced in that as a you know maybe not jealousy but as like a um i don't know i guess just a sucker punch it felt like a sucker punch you can say what you want but to me it felt like a, a small sucker punch oh uh, he might have been and i i don't really care what a green bay packer gm has to say how has he been running his team they're not exactly the picture of their gm at least isn't exactly the the picture of success right now they've had 
of course, you've got Jordan Love, whatever. You've done great at developing quarterbacks. That's fine. But, like, everything else, I just don't. Yeah. Uh, the the one thing I will say is the one thing I'll caution, and not you, but I'm just saying people on X or any, any Lions fans in general, even some reporters I've seen, um, they'll come out and they'll say, well, you haven't done anything in the last two years. All right. Let's just chill for a second. The Packers have been the poster boy for success for a long time, so I'm really careful on when I start throwing punches at them with that kind of, um, I guess, tenacity because those guys, I, I, I'm not, I hate the Packers, but you can't come out and say, well, the last two years you've been horrible because that's... No, <laughs> that's I'm not saying Setting that. yourself yeah, up. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. I'm saying more of the last two years, what have you guys done? And also just the history of the way you've treated players that have essentially run your franchise. Right. I mean, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, both of those guys, I know Aaron Rodgers is a nut, but, I mean, for a guy that basically led your franchise for, you know, a decade or more, it's just crazy to me that he was treated the way he was on the way out. of. The okay. Um. So, yeah, you guys, check out the Combine. Make sure you watch that and see some good competition there. And then, uh, you know, like I said, we'll be talking about it next week and we'll have our mock drafts probably. You want to do that next week? I don't know. I, I, um, we'll see how the week goes, I think. But okay. Possibly we might have our second round out next week. If not, we'll have more stuff to talk about. Yeah, I think we probably can talk a lot about the Combine. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll leave a cliffhanger there. You guys can tune in next week and see, see what's on the docket. So um, I think... You know, it's going to be fun to see, and, and I can't wait for things like, you know, obviously free agency to open up, the draft to open up, and it's it's going to be exciting. So um, with that, I think we close up this one, and we'll, uh, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, go Lions. Go Lions, baby. All right, Lions Nation. That'll do it for us on another episode of Lions Basement Banter Podcast. As we wrap up our first 2024 mock draft episode, we hope you may have heard some names you agree with and maybe some you've never heard before but are enlightened and excited to maybe go do your own mock draft. We are getting closer and closer to having these podcasts as video for you on YouTube. So keep an eye out for that announcement. We will definitely be showing clips on X and TikTok. As we enter NFL Free Agency Month, we want to ensure everyone that we will continue to bring you quality banter and original content to keep you informed, excited, and ready for Detroit Lions year-round. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, X, TikTok, and YouTube, and tune in every week wherever you get your podcast. For Brendan, this is Zach saying until next week, stay fierce, keep the faith, roar loud, and go Lions, baby. <laughs>